Hello and welcome to the to today's show. Today's show is based upon uh, panic attacks and is sponsored by the London Wellbeing Clinics dot com, Harley Street, London, the Rodney Street Wellbeing Clinics dot com, Liverpool Advanced Thinking dot com, and NLP Teach dot com. Our first caller today, uh, Vanessa, is it? Yes, it is. Yes, Vanessa, hello, David. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm fantastic. So, I believe you have some questions for us. Yes, I wanted to know a bit more about panic attacks, please. Why do we get panic attacks? Why do we get panic attacks? So, uh, you were saying before that you 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 experienced panic attacks sometime in your life. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Um, and it was to do with, it was to do with, uh, it was about seven or eight years ago now, and it was to do with recovering from a particularly bad attack or bout of flu and then feeling anxious to be back on form again, uh, for my children coming back from uh, a holiday. And then it, it sort of turned into panic as uh, how am I going to do it? How am I going to cope? So when you say turned into panic, what were the symptoms? Uh, I was feeling, well, feeling weak, but I, I remember feeling, um, uh, feeling like my heart was racing and, um, breathing heavily and just, just feeling out of, out of, out of control almost. Okay. And would you allow me to understand what you did about it? Uh, well, I phoned the doctor, <laughs> but it wasn't particularly helpful. How come? Because they they just said it was stress, and then I was given some kind of telephone counselling. Okay. Did that work for you? No. Why do you think that was? Because I felt that they were more, more worried about uh, my children than they were about me, oh about God. the effects of my children. They were asking questions and... And you just thought to yourself, well, if you give the wrong answer here, they're going to sort of show up and say, well, you're an unfit parent. Steal your children. Yes. Wow. That's not good, is it? No. So let's go back to your original question. Why do we get panic attacks? There are so many different reasons and purposes why we get panic attacks. And to my knowledge base today, after being over 20 years in the industry and personally, experiencing panic attacks beyond your wildest of wildest dreams, I can allow you and our listeners to understand that panic attacks are caused primarily by two concepts, ideologies or ideas, if you will, and this is what they are. <coughs> Excuse me. One is called the filing system, the dustbin of life, if you will, where we repress and suppress all our experiences that have been negative to us. Um, repress traumas, anxiety, stresses, depressions, worries and concerns. Um, 
I can hear you breathing there. Are you, are you on a headphone or something? No. Yes, I am. I've ah, got right. a <laughs> I can hear you heavy breathing. <laughs> <laughs> are you okay there? Yeah. Yes, I'm, uh, I'm not having one at the moment. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, so, so what we do with our life experiences and those experiences which are negative to us in some way, shape or form, we repress and suppress over time and consistently and continuously do that. We file it away, uh, maybe to look at later on in life and then tend to forget, or maybe it just, we put it away anyway, because we don't want to look at it. And over time, over time, that dustbin, that filing system um, fills up with negative files, with uh, all sorts of uh, trash, if you will, till it fills and fills and fills and fills and fills. And like your dustbin at home, when you fill it up and you keep pushing stuff into it and down into it, get more and more in until it starts to ooze out of its own accord, which we call spillage. That would be a liking to a panic attack because we tend to not know what is happening, why this is happening to me, where the hell did this come from all of a sudden? Yeah. And the, one of the things that it can come to you all of a sudden is because something's happened that just tipped the balance, tipped the scales. It was too much stuff to go into the dustbin. There's no space to put it. So it overflows and it spills over. And that tends to happen to our psyche to our physiology, neurology, and psychology, it spills over into the system to the extent that we don't know what's happening. And the body goes into a fight and flight uh, response uh, to the extent that your nervous system gets out of sync with itself. To such an extent, it, it, can, it can affect your, uh, your visual, your auditory, your kinesthetic, your feelings, uh, your olfactory, your smell, and your gustatory, your taste, where the panic attack actually uh, starts affecting your sympathetic and parasympathetic, parasympathetic nervous regions to the extent that we have such a fear and anxiety and stress within us, we do not know what is happening. We know there is something seriously wrong, but it's not showing to the extent that I have a rash, a hump, a lump, a bump, a itch or a scratch. It's inside yeah. the psychology that can omit itself through the uh, physiology uh, as well as hot and cold sweats, uh, body tremors, um, movements under the skin, under the scalp with crawling sensations, right down to hot and cold feelings in the spinal cord, right down to pins and needles in the fingers, hands, elbows and arms. Uh, right down to paranoid thinking, believe it or believe it not, depression and stress and anxiety, right down to breathing problems, um, and so on and so on and so on. The list is endless. And the person that experiences that panic attack to that severity would not have heard that people go through panic attacks to that se severity and think it is only them going through it and yes. can be afraid to talk about it because they don't know what it is. They think they're actually losing their mind. They think they're actually going crazy. They think they're actually going to die. 
and don't know where to point this. And when you go to your GP, to your doctor to get the the help, the the, the normal help, if the doctor doesn't perceive it's it's overly expressive, you're given a, a light antidepressant or a diazepam um, to calm the anxiety and stress. And nine times out of ten, that does not work. Uh, it may work for some of the people some of the time, but it won't work for all of the people all of the time. And that's when they require help from a clinician that can get into the unconscious reasoning about what is happening. This to, not so much to treat the symptomology or the effect, because that's not the problem. The body tremors are not the problem. The pins and needles are not the problem. The hot and cold sweats are not the problem. The, the lack of breathing is not the problem. That's the effect. That's the symptomology. You've got to track all that back, track and yes. trace that back to the very beginnings. Now, you may say, okay, that's brilliant. That's excellent. That's fantastic news, David. Yet, I have a dustbin of crap. 40 years, 50 years of crap, 20 years of crap, 10 years of crap, whatever the case may be in that dustbin. How do I know what has caused what? Well, Normally, it's in relation to the emotions that we carry and that we've expressed and experienced through our life from anger to sadness to fear to guilt to shame to hurt to frustration to inhibition to limitation to I'm not good enough, I'm not capable, I don't believe I can do it. All of this stuff has been put in that dustbin of life and it grows into a mush ball and yeah. infuses itself with a bit of anger, a bit of stress, a bit of sadness, a bit of fear, a bit of, a bit of guilt, a bit of shame, a bit of hurt, let alone the toxin intake that we ingest through our diets, what we drink and what we put on our bodies. That can yeah. also trigger a fight and flight response to the extent that, well, let me give you the example, Red Bull gives you wings. The reason why it gives you wings is because it causes you to be at a heightened level of awareness, which for some people can be too much and cause anxiety and stress that causes you to be stuck to the ceiling, so to speak. Yeah. Um, all of that working together, you're not going to figure out what the problem is. You wouldn't know where to begin, but you know there's something not right inside. There's irrational thinking, there's an irrational fear, there's fear of death, there's a fear of knock at the door, there's a fear of a person speaking to you. You can't even fathom the fact of having a basic conversation because it won't fit in the space that isn't in the dustbin, so to speak. So there are so many experiences from so many people at so many times, yet believe it or believe it not, as a personal a profound experiencer of panic attacks in great detail, I might add. I know what they're about. I know how they service themselves. And it can be a liking to, here is an email that you need to read because you have some serious problems you need to attend to down below in your unconscious. Because if you don't, you keep experiencing them for so many different reasons and for so many different purposes. 
And I'm yes, I think that, that was going to be my next. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. How long can they be around for? They can be around for a very short amount of time or a very long amount of time, depending on the severity of each individual's repressed, suppressed memories and emotions of past traumatic experiences. Yet I will add and state again that uh, toxins can trigger panic and anxiety attacks. Like I will give the example again. Red Bull gives you wings. Yes. Too much of the same substance can trigger uh, in your sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous regions a fight and flight response outside your conscious awareness that you will not be in charge of. And when I mean fight or flight, I mean fight or flight. You stay yes. or you run away from yourself. And the majority of the time, people are trying to run away from themselves because they don't know how to handle the situation. And there might not be nothing happening in the situation. Nothing at all. And all of a sudden, you have this weird experience that there's something wrong. That yes. something's going to happen. Um, that you're losing your mind. You, you're, 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 you're losing the concept of, uh, of what reality actually is. Would that make sense? It would make sense. Can I just ask a question coming back to what you were saying about toxins? How do you know what is toxic to you? Okay. When I say you know, obviously when you say, you know, you eat something bad, you get a stomach upset. But the, it seems to be that these things are in your body and you might not necessarily even know that they're there or having that effect on you. Exactly. You won't. You won't know. And the medical profession will not test you for them either. They'll test you for penicillin as a toxin, but that's it. You right. won't test any other medication or anything else that you give you that can trigger further panic attacks, anxiety, stress, worry, and concern. As we all know, with antidepressants, uh, can trigger that too because they're messing with the nervous system. Uh, they're triggering more anxiety that should be there and not treating it the way it should be. But when I talk about toxins, I'm talking about general toxins, our foodstuffs, our drinks, uh, body gels, yes. our body, our shower gels, uh, our hair gels, our, our Chanel number no. five, um, our mouthwash, our toothpaste, uh, the wheat, the bread that we eat, the butter, the milk, um, right down to the water you drink and where it comes from. That can reverse right. the psychological state, uh, which reverses, uh, how your nervous system, uh, deals with what we perceive our reality to be currently. Now, when I say toxins, I'm not talking about allergens. I'm talking about poisons that actually poison the whole system and reverts it into a reverse state of thinking. Not a, right. not, not, not a positive thinking, but in, in, in negated thinking about worst case scenarios. And I mean worst case scenarios in a very simple, simple environment you the person imagines the worst thing possible that then they start gasping for breath and all they're doing is sitting down watching tv to the extent yeah. that the thing on tv can trigger what's in that dustbin and you won't know what it is but you know something is triggering something and won't know why now it can be what's on tv what you're hearing or how you look in the mirror at yourself right down to what you ingest, what you drink, and what you put on your skin. We actually do toxin tests to find out 
what is reversing the psychological state that when we find out what's toxic to you, we have you remove yourself from the toxins for a minimum of eight to 12 weeks, because that's the amount of time it takes to leave your system, along with removing what you have repressed and suppressed over time that causes that dustbin of life to be full to the brim where you yeah. can't put anything else into it. And people would uh, relate to this where they can't cope with the simplest, most profound, smallest thing. It won't fit in because there's no more space to put it. It's bulging okay. from the sides. And unless you remove what you've put into that filing system or that dustbin of life, then and only then will the space be made for you to put that simple thing that is such a massive big problem because it can't fit in. But once you find the space for it by removing what you uh, put in in the past, now it sits nicely and calmly and cannot be triggered because it has so much space. So what I'm, I guess I'm saying is in relation to the analysis of what you have repressed and suppressed over time by removing it um, to the extent that that leaves space to put in your new experiences uh, of further yes. angers, sadnesses, fears, guilt, shames, and those. We're not looking to take, take them away from you that you don't experience them no more because we need those to experience our environment, the model of a world and people in it, but not to the extent that it's excessive anger, excessive sadness, excessive fear, guilt, shame, hurt, to the extent we're at the edge of the rainbow in an excessiveness in all those emotions, which will not serve you. Right. So we're definitely not going crazy when we experience a panic no, attack. No, although it feels like one is, you are yes. not. And if you go back 50, 60, 70 years ago, when people did suffer panic attacks, they were claimed as being crazy. Ah, uh, yes. Mm. There you go. Um, I do have another question. Mm -hmm. Is there, when we experience a panic attack, is there something that we can learn? Are there lessons that come with them? There are a ton of lessons. Number one, this brand spanking new experience of total panic and disarray of your concept, not only of yourself, but your environment, the model of the world and people in it. Uh, this will open your eyes to something the normal Joe does not know how to experience to the extent you could write an encyclopedia on it. But how is that learning going to help you further down the road regarding those panic attacks? Well, from my own personal experience, it's nice to know when you know that somebody else is going through the same thing and you're not the only person on the planet. That's number one. Number two. Sure. When you have removed what you have repressed and suppressed over time, plus the toxin intake, the learning is that you do not take those toxins on board. And the learning is you make sure to empty your dustbin every so often. You send your car in for an MOT. By law, you've got to have an MOT. The reason for that is that yes. the bit's not falling off as you're driving down the road. Yes. You have a health checkup for your insurance once a year. You have this. You wash yourself every day. You clean. I mean, 
we make sure that's all in place. But what if you were to empty that dustbin every six months or every nine months or at least once a year to the extent that it wasn't getting full to the brim all the time? Like your own dustbin outside, every week or two weeks, it's emptied. If it hadn't been empty for six months, well, I think the garden would be in an awful state, would it not? It would. And that would attract rats, bats, cats, bees, wasps, flies. More toxicity. More toxicity. Yes. Um, Which is not good for the nervous system, which is not good for the environment, the model of the world, or your your people in it. Um, So the learning is keep on top of what you repress and suppress and stop taking your mind for granted. There's only so much it can put up with. Yes, it has this great detail in the brain of 90% that we don't use regarding the 10% that we use. We'll learn how to use the rest of that 90% by keeping it spotless clean. That allows your comprehension to be open and responsive rather than closed and negated. Yes. Would that make sense? It does. It makes perfect sense. Um, you've can I just ask another question? Yes, please, please by all means. Um, you've mentioned toxic, no, toxin testing. How, wh- wh- who d- do you do that? Yes, yes. How does yes. that work? How do you do it? Um, well, believe it or believe it not, you can actually go to your GP and ask your GP to, to do a toxin. You say, what the hell is that and why do you want it? Um, yes. That means a blood test on. And it's going to be expensive, anywhere from two and a half to four and a half thousand pounds uh, to have a blood test uh, to find out what's toxic to your nervous system. Not allergens. I'm not talking about allergens. I'm talking about what is reversing your psychological state in the way of poisons, toxins. Yes. How do we do that? Well, we do that with VT, voice technology. We're able to pick up what's toxic to you within nanoseconds. To the extent that then we have you stay off those toxins for a minimum of eight to twelve weeks, simple as. And when you so stay, you yeah sorry, so you do it then via a telephone call. Yes, we do it via telephone right. call. Or okay. Via telephone call or by Zoom, um, or by uh, coming in to see me in my practice in Harley Street or Liverpool. Um, it's okay. done quite quickly, and we also have the proof of what we do, how we do it, and show you the consequences of uh, you removing that toxin. The example would be, uh, if you're in my office in front of me, we can pull up what's toxic to you within seconds and then remove it in seconds as well, right in front of you. So the proof is in the pudding, if you will. Right. Um, But we would require you to stay off those toxins for a minimum uh, minimum of 8 to 10 to 12 weeks so we rid you of that those poisons in your nervous system that would be triggering your sympathetic, parasympathetic nervous regions in relation to your fight and flight response that does not need to be there from your caffeine, from your coffee, to your milk, to your orange Coca-Cola, to your gin and tonic, to your lager, to your butter, to your bacon and eggs and sausage, right down to your Chanel number no. 5, your Lynx underarm, I mean, I got, the list is endless. When you say, how quickly can that be? You would not believe how quickly it can be done. It can be, it can be, we can toxin test you within 35 to 45 minutes 
and we'll be, we will be able to find 99% of those toxins which are reversing your psychological state. Now, if the psychology is in a reverse state, have a guess what that affects? The immune system, your immunology. Yes. We have yes. a word for that, which is called psychoneuroimmunology. So if the psychology is affected, the neurology is affected, and so is the Im immunology. So get the psyche right. Um, stop having your psyche be reversed by what you have repressed and suppressed over time in the dustbin of life and also in relation to the toxin intake. They are the only two that can trigger the panic attacks. And I know this because I've been personally through the mincing machine backwards, upside down and inside out that I could write an encyclopedia on panic attacks. And within panic attacks, anxiety, anxiety attacks within panic attacks to the concept of what we perceive, which there's no such thing, which is depression, which is uh, how it affects the serotonin level that brings you into a very deep, uh, low mood of uh, not being at one with yourself, if you will, right down to all the other experiences of the crawling sensations under the scalp, crawling sensations under the skin, the hot and cold feelings, the muscles jumping under the skin, the pins and needles, the irrational thinking about the most simplest thing, which is so uh, massive in our mindset, causes a multitude of heart racing, uh, blood pressure, uh, and just messes the whole system and turns it into a reversed state. It works back in on itself, right. attacking itself. And then you wonder why people might think that they're going crazy, which they are not. Yes. They are not. Believe you me, hand on heart, panic attacks are treatable. No one's died of them. You will not die of them. But it's an experience to learn from. And I tell you this, you will come out wiser the other side with the information that you have of what your nervous system can have you perceive, witness uh, or experience. Hello? Hello, I'm still yeah. here. Yeah. Do you have any more questions? No, I mean, that's incredible regarding toxin, toxin testing. It's something I want to think more about. Um, because, you know, we, th we don't think about half of the things we put on ourselves. I'm just talking from a but product would, point of would, view. Yeah, but you would, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, well, yeah, I get that. But we also put on ourselves how we perceive our environment the model of a world and people in it and with what is currently happening in our world today regarding COVID, regarding uh, what's happening in America, which is happening in the UK, what's happening around the world, uh, that is filling that dustbin also. I mean, yes. what you've repressed and suppressed over time is all very well in its own sense, even though it's troubling. But then you have all this other stuff on top of losing my job not paying the bills, what am I going to do here, what am I going to do there, when, when can I do this, when can I do that, I don't have this, I don't have that, all on top of what you have put into that filing system and dustbin of life. Uh, and before you know it, you're, you're triggering, let alone, I'll give you one other thing, people passing from our parents to our grandparents to our children, friends and relatives. That alone is a major trigger 
to trigger that dustbin off if there is no space to put anything. It just takes that one little thing to tip the balance. Yes. And then you don't know whether you're coming or going. And it's as if you are going crazy. Believe you me, you are not. I know it feels like it, but you are not. There are ways around this. As a personal uh, experiencer of severe panic attacks, so severe, mind crippling, physiologically crippling, psychologically crippling, that affects every part of the nervous system to the extent your smell is out of sync, your taste is out of sync, your yes. auditory hearing is out of sync. It's a likened to playing a wonky CD when you listen to the radio, which is a weird experience, let alone it, uh, in impairing your visual concept, let alone what it's all affecting inside regarding all your organs. And then you may say, well, that's got to have a long distance standing effect. I would say no. I would say no, it doesn't. Um, once you come through that other side with an experience of being able to deal with it and coming through that mincing machine, if you will, the best thing I can give it currently because that's what it feels like. You're being stretched from one side to the other without your um, without your thing to say that, yeah, that's okay to do, which it, which it, which it isn't. All done to All self, right. by the way. So you can say that this situation triggered that panic attack. It's your perception of that situation. The situation didn't. It was your perception of it that you triggered that. Now, if that dustbin had been empty, that trigger would not have fired off those drivers. That mush ball of events that you can't put your finger on what is causing the panic, the anxiety, the stress, the worry or the concern. Because it's a multitude of different emotions amalgamated into the same mush ball. So that mush ball has to be took apart bit by bit by bit. And when you get a clinician who knows how to do that by removing what has been repressed and suppressed by way of the emotions and present a more positive concept of the negative emotion, gives plenty of space for a ton of negativity to come in again. Once you clean it out every so often, like you clean in between your toes every so often, if you didn't, you'd have smelly bellies, correct? <laughs> yeah, correct, yes. Does that answer your question? Yes, it does, David. Thank you very much. Do you have any other questions for me? Um, I don't at this time. Thank you. Uh, just let's see. I think we have someone else online here. Yes. Luna, Luna Lina. Can you hear me? Oh, I think she's gone. Vanessa, can you hear me? I can still hear you, David. Yes. Right. So is there anything else I can help you with? No, no, that's been very insightful. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for asking the questions. Um, I think I should open this up further in relation to what else we can do to cause that person 
to help themselves using uh, EFT, emotional freedom technique, and TFT, thought field therapy that the person can use in the comfort of their own home and maybe give a tapping sequence for that that can uh, take down the anxiety and stress and give them some form of uh, help in relation to where they're currently at. So yeah, it, because somebody somebody's commented here, all the pressures pressures of society cause panic attacks and anxiety, which which currently they're absolutely right, aren't they? And, you know, well, you well, say, well yes, 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 they are. Yet, 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 I will have to say, it's one's perception of what society is or is not doing that that person creates that concept in their head that then they file away and are not aware that they filed it away that can be triggered again at another time uh, somewhere in the future and they won't know what's happening to them because they haven't given it a label. It's just been been filed as pressure. Would that make sense? Yeah. Yes, it would. Um, But we have to be careful of how we perceive what's going on because it's being filed away in the perception, which is your unconscious, which is your imagination. And if you're not careful of how you perceive, you end up perceiving uh, negatively. It's filed and then it's triggered by another event two or three years down the road and you don't know what driver has been triggered. But you've been silently filing away this information to come and to be triggered at a later stage. So one should be very careful of how to perceive currently their environment, the world and people in it to the best of their extent that they only perceive there is something to be learned by the negative event, which is positive and file that positive concept away rather than the negative concept away, if you would. Yes, okay. Um, I see sun cream is toxic. Uh, correct, it is. Uh, it's believed to cause many skin cancers, believe it or not. Consumerism oh and materialism. Uh, we have a question. <laughs> Wait, uh, that doesn't make sense. How do you perform toxin tests over the phone? I'm pretty sure uh, that would require blood tests. Believe it or not, it's used uh, by using VT, your voice, voice technology. And within your voice, you have uh, tonality, timbre, cadence, and intonation that we're able to read what's what's being disturbed in the vibration of the voice regarding what you say. And, you know, it can be a likened to, uh, you know, the, the I, I can't remember the correct name for the machine, the, the, the machine that's able to pull you. Uh, it's, a gal, not, it's not a galvanic skin response, but it's a likened to that can pick up uh, what is causing you anxiety uh, when you say something. And that's where we would delve into uh, what the problem is. So with VT, vice technology, we are able to pick up what's toxic, toxic to your nervous system within nanoseconds. Okay. I think, can I just ask one more question? I just don't know, to me. can you? <laughs> um, you talk about perception. Yes. Is it possible to reprogram your perception? Yes, it is. Um, in the sense that Let's say a person perceives of an event or a situation, person, place, or thing as a negative. 
like uh, he hurt me or she hurt me. Now, yes. I can go with that perception and believe to believe in that belief and file that away, and that's fine, that's dandy, but yet it's not. What if I was to perceive, well, he did what he did, unless he stuck something in me, he hasn't come anywhere near me, but he called me a name or sent me an email or text that had something in it that was going to tell me that uh, there's something wrong with me or he doesn't like something about me. It's how I perceive that, that I cause my own predisposition, anger, anguish, agitation, frustration towards him by what he said. Now, if I was to perceive of him differently, meaning he is doing the best he can with what he has available to him till he learns how to do it differently or till somebody teaches him differently, would that serve me better than me going inside my set head and saying he's hurt me because he said this yes it would because sorry it's gone very quiet all of a sudden yeah because you said yes it would because oh. because it then puts uh it puts you at cause puts you at cause and not him. Yes. He hurt me. Yes. Now, unless he sticks something in me and physically hurts, yes, I got that. But if he says something to me, shouldn't I have an intellect and intelligence and philosophy? Well, I should, but I don't because nobody taught me. But if they had, or if I learned myself, I would know how to perceive that more positively, that if I did, I wouldn't be filing away negations, but filing away positives. Who didn't teach us that? Well, society didn't teach it. The priest, the religion, the sex, drugs, rock and roll, the politics didn't teach us. The education didn't teach us. Mum and dad, brothers and sisters, lovers didn't. My best friend didn't teach me this. Where do you learn this? Yes. Somebody's commented, if you watch enough TV, you can be programmed to believe anything. That makes exactly. sense. Exactly. Maybe it's the TV programming. Well, that's why it's called a program. <laughs> We're going to program you. Yes. You're about yes. to be programmed. Would you like to be programmed? And if you think for one moment you're not being programmed, think again. You are. It's currently happening in the situation we find our world in today by COVID, by what's happening in America. Like I said, there's not a time that you are not being programmed by someone or something, which is called manipulation. Yes. Subliminal ma manipulation to the unconscious because all these television programs are aware of how to get into the unconscious reasoning. To cause you to think this will cause you to relate it to something else by way of association, which is a form of conditioning. And before you know it, you don't know why you're acting this way or thinking this way, but you've picked it up because you've just been conditioned. Now... No. So be careful of what you perceive and how you perceive it because it has consequences, not coincidences, consequences, action, reaction, consequence. Right. I think this is a, a, is a well understood concept of the amount of people that have panic attacks, anxiety attacks and so on and so on throughout the world. It's major, absolutely major. And unless you have personal experience of being through 
a most severe panic attack for over three years, constantly, every half hour of every hour of the day for that three to four years, I don't think you should be talking about panic attacks. And I am one of those people who went through the severity of panic attacks and was in front of the psychiatrist and was in front of the psychologist and was in front of the professors and was in front of the neurologists and was in front of the brain professors and had the brain scans and the MRI scans and the CAT scans and they couldn't find diddly squat but couldn't understand for one moment what I was going through. They had this general concept of a a general uh, uh, understanding of what a panic attack is. Believe you me, if I'm doing a lecture and there are uh, a couple of doctors, a couple of professors, psychologists and psychiatrists sitting in front listening to my lecture and I want to uh, have somebody come up and give a speech on panic attacks and there's Fred in the audience who is a sufferer of panic attacks for the last year just 12 months. Who do you think I would bring up to lecture? The professors, psychologists, psychiatrists, or Fred in the middle row? Fred. Exactly. Because Fred has personal experience of it. He knows what he went through, how he went through it, and how the hell he came out of it without any medication whatsoever. So damn severe, bordering on crazy. I think we should um I think we should uh continue to open this up further and further in relation to the severity of anxiety attacks to to the severity of how stress comes in for what reason for a purpose how it gets inside our head um and what we do with it when we have it um so let's do that for another day uh Vanessa I think that would be a cool okay. thing to do Uh, That would be great. Thank you. you. For our listeners and whatnot. For those of you who are listening, please, if you want further information, uh, click into LondonWellbeingClinics.com, 10 Harley Street, London. The uh, Liverpool, uh, sorry, Rodney Street Wellbeing Clinic.com, Liverpool. That's Rodney Street Wellbeing Clinic.com, Liverpool, AdventureThinking.com or NLPTeach.com. I look forward uh, again to having further conversations by the podcast regarding uh, depression, anxiety, medication, panic attacks, and so on and so on. Thank you for listening today. Have a great one. Thanks very much, Vanessa, and all the other Thank uh, you, David. people who have come on board. Take care for now. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye.